you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Straight on a China. Who cares? David. Football. Football David. The Dave Damashek Football Program. Available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. I hope all's well wherever you are. Welcome to the Dave Damashek football program, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and at NFL.com slash Shek. Yes, we are fully into June now, football season. Are we inside of 90 days now? We're into the 80s. Well, I guess it depends when you're listening. We could even be in the 70s or the 60s. Who knows how far behind you are in getting caught up on the Dave Damashek football program. Either way, welcome to it here in Studio 66. If I understand it correctly, by the way, this is our last show in Studio 66 for about a month. We have to jump into the so-called VO booth here. Right, Black Tie, behind the glass? That's right. Actually, it's not the VO booth. It's a stage four studio, which if you're a fan of NFL Network, which you should be, by the way, that's where Red Zone is filmed out of and um, some around the league show and a lot more stuff. But just quickly to go back to uh, getting caught up, there's actually a fan who went back and listened to every Damashek episode, DDFP episode. Oh, my God. What a poor soul. I that don't is. have his name here. What kind here, of empty so life does he or she I can't have. give a shout out, but there's a fan that did that. And Speaking of, if you go he back... He or listen- she spent, spent what would amount to, I guess, about uh, 
what, about, uh, you know, 200 hours worth of listening, and you couldn't take the four seconds to look him up on Twitter to can give I him a shout-out? Can I be introduced here? Because I feel I need, <laughs> I need to wait. Well, there's four rank jumps is, in on this. This is a real... live show, and he's like, I just can't. I can't. I can't. No, it's, it's funny because this, the tweet or – I think we brought it up before. The tweet came in about two, three months ago, and I, I just don't know if we give it its full due, so I can't definitely cannot <laughs> find it. However, though, if you're talking about podcasts to go back and listen to, <laughs> well, it's good that it only took you two or three months then go to get back around to it. And your to busy listen schedule. to the plane cast because it's it's about four thousand downloads away from reaching an, an even greater milestone. So let's a million, close, really, not a million, but half know. a mil. All right, well, around there, it. yeah. Well, anyway, people have uh, been uh, have been taken apparently based on the uh, the amount of listeners who've tuned in to our all division teams. They uh, we're halfway done now. Black tie. We've done the AFC North. We did the NFC South. We did the AFC East and NFC East and the NFC East. The one I'm excited to do. Wait, did we we did AFC East? We did AFC, no, not AFC East. No, we, we NF, still have AFC North. The one I'm excited for is the NFC North. That's going to be a juicy one with some tough decisions to make. All right, let's say hello to the man seated to my immediate right. Last Friday, he was out in uh, in uh, L.A. Live, that downtown mm-hmm. area there right across the street from Staples Center, watching Richard Sherman beat out Cam Newton to get the cover of the uh, Madden video game. Cool stuff, too, by the way. I see Richard Sherman now is pushing to get all the Legion of Boom added to the cover along with him, which is a pretty gracious deed on his part. Anyway, let's talk about all of it with Adam Rank. What's the poop, fella? Hey, boss. Thanks for having me. Yeah, Richard Sherman, he was very gracious, letting us come into the photo session that they had after. And it's so funny, you know, because the announcement was made and they held up a temporary cover. And all Twitter could say was, oh, that's that's the wrong uniform. It's like, yeah, I know. I, I think EA had thought enough, far enough ahead that they were going to go shoot this. Wait, what uni- What do you mean? What uniform because was they cha- wearing? they slightly changed their uniforms last year. Oh, it was the old one from yeah, three, four years it ago. It wasn't their Nike one, but it was like ah. the one that looked similar but wasn't as sweet as the one that they have right now. Wait, people on Twitter wanted to be cynical and Can complain about something and poke holes in something? That doesn't was, seem it like was the a Twitter first. I know. It was a first for me. And by the way, if you go, if you follow me, on Twitter at Adam Rank, I am counting down reasons to be excited. Oh yeah, I mentioned that on our last podcast that uh, I've been enjoying that uh, that thing. Yeah, you're counting oh, it down to living uh, a living thing that gets added to each passing day as you count it down. At Adam Rank, follow him. He's giving you 99 reasons to enjoy or to get excited get about excited. Uh, the return of pro football. And as of June 10th, we are at reason number 86. Um, and uh, seated across from Rankin, uh, myself, uh, here in Studio 66. You know him from NFL Fantasy Live and, uh, and you know, from this podcast. He's joined us on a number of occasions. One of our favorites. It's Marcus Grant. What's the poop with you, fella? I'm always happy to be here. Appreciate the invitation. Geno Smith lookalike. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Is that much. weird? What's it like being – I mean, you are a dead ringer. If you saw the Sheck Report last year – I don't remember what the date was on that, but you joined us, and people really did. You walked in in uh, – were you in a Geno I was in, jersey? I was in a green number seven jersey. I like the idea that Geno Smith would just walks wearing, around wearing his, wearing his, his game jersey. jersey. Which is what I always say about commercials with professional athletes in them, that they walk around in their actual yeah. jerseys. Like, yeah, I'm sure Reggie Bush walks around, you know, Detroit in his Lions jersey. Well, all we the time. did. Yeah, well, that's so, what uh, Freddie Mitchell did. 
Oh, he did. I Freddie love that Mitchell, move. Remember? Matter of fact, that's kind jersey. of a fun idea. I'd like to see some ac- athletes <laughs> actually embracing that idea. But either way, yes, Marcus was in on the uh, Sheck report that we do in season. And uh, I would say about 50% of the viewers believed that you were, in fact. How'd you get Geno Smith in the middle of the season to come out there and shoot that with you? Like, <laughs> and, that's a, and also, if, remove the jersey. He has to make fun of himself, too. Get, get the, uh, you should go buy a yellow sweater. Mm-hmm. Like he was wearing at the draft two years ago. I, I have a yellow sweater. See, actually. and then throw on a Jets hat, pull it down low, and then it's yeah. then it's completely. But only if I can get perks. You know, I'd have to do it after he plays well and see if mm. I can get a, a few you know adult beverages out of it or something. Like I don't want to try to do this after he throws four picks because then I get all the bad stuff and none of the good none of the good things. You don't know until you try. It seems to me that you're dodging it, and instead you should really lean into this opportunity. Some guy went around Pittsburgh for for a year or two claiming to be first Ben Roethlisberger and then when nobody really <laughs> bought that one he said he started claiming to be Bri- uh, Brian St. Pierre which of course no one knows no what he looks like <laughs> right. which was the savvier move to begin that's with that's what you should always do just run around LA who's gonna know You're, it's in June no one knows where I Gino actually Smith tried is. for a while uh, a few years ago to, to pull to pass off being Juan Pierre when he was with the Dodgers. Uh, yeah, he was in town. He was with the Dodgers. I can vaguely see that. It doesn't you really know, work. I've put on a few LBs since yeah. then, so it's, it's a little bit different. But I didn't want to say anything, thinner. but that's yeah, exactly look, what I, my I first know. thought was, is that he's actually smaller than you. Yeah, yeah, I know who I am. Um, all right, so like I say, we've been going through, we've been doing the all-division teams. Now, of course, if you watch the Pro Bowl and you see the Pro Bowl teams and everything, you know that they're usually done by conference. We've refined it a little bit. Why? Because it's June, and it's something to talk about in the month of June, and it's a fun way to sort of parse through the rosters of all the teams and see what division is maybe the best. As I keep saying, my favorite mantra of this offseason is, well, one of them, at least. I have three or four big ones that I keep leaning on, and I say pretty much every podcast. One of them is, beware the NFC North. Everybody's looking at the NFC West, and it will indeed be mighty again. But the NFC North is the rising power in the NFL, and uh, we will see that once things kick off. Meantime, though, the NFC East features the Philadelphia Eagles, and I find it interesting, fellas, that... A year after all the discussion about Chip Kelly, I remember on this very podcast, we had some football experts say this is going to revolutionize the NFL, what Chip Kelly wants to do, and other guys poo-pooed it and say and said, oh, he's out of his depth. He's This is not going to fly at this level, too much speed, so on and so forth. Well, the results are not exactly in. Obviously, the, the Eagles have a nice um, first season with Kelly. And now, as they go into the second one, we're hearing a lot of t- you know we're hearing a lot about uh, about uh, you know the dismissal of Deshaun Jackson, but that offense figures to keep on going here and everything else. And we won't really know it until we see at least another season of Chip Kelly and see what defensive adjustments are made league wide. But if you can read the tea leaves here, it seems like. Most offenses are trying their best to mimic in a copycat league what Chip Kelly did. Everything I'm reading is, oh, they're fast break. Phil Rivers is excited. We're running what's essentially a fast break offense in San Diego. Oh, the Steelers are excited. Ben Roethlisberger, we're go, 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 no huddle. Every team in the league, it seems, is claiming that. So rank, does this mean Chip Kelly's system? Am I reading into it? I mean, he didn't invent 
playing fast and no huddle and everything, obviously. But it seems like a lot of teams are looking at it. But he's taking it up an extra step. It's it's one thing to have something that's a little bit innovative, you know, the West Coast offense, the Mouse Davises run and shoot and all that stuff. Chip Kelly has just come in and brought in a new approach, and other teams have looked at what he's done. And, of course, he was very successful in his first season. I know fell short of the Super Bowl, but the Eagles won their division. So, yeah, a lot of teams are looking at it like, hey, yeah, the – we should be trying to outscore our opponents. That That's something we should investigate. I'm, Marcus, glad, I'm yeah. glad the Steelers are looking into this because that was a problem they had last year, not scoring as much as the other team. Yes, that was one of their things. That was that, one of the things holding them back. I mean, they, I, I, but the other side of that is they let the other team score more than they did. That's so true. That's, I mean, you could There's, look at it that way if you want to do it that way. Um, by the way, Rank, before I get Marcus's opinion on this, I'm sorry, I, you know, I, I'm burying the lead in, because we are – primarily a football show but we are also a sports show you know we love to talk about all sports here witness the podcast of a couple of days ago which has been received with much acclaim on uh, on twitter social media in general black tie and the producer of the around the league podcast the gold standard and I sat here in Studio 66. It was really their podcast. I was just uh, an observer to the proceedings. World Cup preview. Dig it up. It was very helpful. I hope it wasn't uh, too basic for soccer fans, but I don't get the impression it was. I think we ran pretty deep there and yet helped you if you don't really know about soccer and you're interested in watching this. This was sort of a primer. You know, It helped get you ready. At least I feel now I know what teams and specifically what players to watch. Go back and dig that one up. But anyway... Even if you listen to it, go give it another another listen because I feel I lost some stuff in listening back to it because trying to get a little bit more into it because I know about Team USA, but there's a lot about the world of soccer. I didn't I even know, know so about Team USA. Did you learn but... what a set piece was? No, I still don't. I don't know. I didn't <laughs> listen. We only talked for an hour. What do I know? I don't know everything about the sport all of a sudden. But anyway, we've been talking a lot of NBA ball, of course, and that's interesting what's shaking out between the Spurs and, what's and, what's, and the Heat. What's the series at? Well, at the t- oh, please, you, you, I you, you can't pay attention to <laughs> I honestly, <laughs> I honestly don't know. Well, you should be interested because supposedly the rumors are Rick Fox, formerly of the Lakers and uh, several other teams, has suggested – and he would know, too, because he obviously talks to Phil Jackson quite a bit. In fact, he's maybe going to be one of the Knicks' assistants now and was being looked at as a possible head coach hire until Derek Fisher got the gig. He said that Phil Jackson would like to have Kobe Bryant in New York to help instill the Phil Jackson way, the style, not just the triangle, but overall the way he wants the team to, to play going forward and the attitude and all that sort of jazz. Now, that would mean that if they had to get him there, what piece would make sense for them to swap? Carmelo. No, Carmelo Anthony. (laughs) Oh, not Tyson Chandler. Chandler. That would do it. No, Carmelo Anthony, you sign and trade him. You sign Carmelo and you trade him out to L.A. And then you think, well, and uh, supposedly the Lakers also haven't hired a coach yet because they think they can maybe take a run at, at LeBron. Which seems ludicrous, but I will say this. If you're LeBron and your attitude is, what, are you getting frustrated, black tie, behind the glass? You want us to talk football? We're getting there. I'm stretching, guys. Don't get upset. I just want to say something. I wish this was like a limo. We could put like a a tin over the glass. I don't think it's ridiculous, black tie. I don't think it's ridiculous. I don't know why we're having this argument three years into the podcast, but... I, you know, it's not ridiculous to assume that people who like pro football also in the summer months are interested in other sports. It's not too big a leap, is it? Is that ridiculous for you to, to think that people care about basketball on this podcast? 
I just think it's best to start off with the sport they came for. I agree, and, and that's then... why we started off with the Eagles for 90 <laughs> seconds, and I'm explaining something to these people. Now listen, LeBron James, if you could say to uh, to him, Dwayne Wade is, you know, obviously well past. He's, you know, now it's right. you, and, and it requires for you to continue your run with Miami, and of course, it assumes that they even win the crown this year. If they don't win this year, then I I can't imagine what appeal there is. It's like staying at a party too long for sure. In for, that case, yep. if, oh, we 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 didn't win this year. Oh, next year we'll bounce back with an even older Dwayne Wade and and older everybody else. I think that even if they win this, if LeBron is about rings, which I don't know if he is, if three might placate his desire. You know, you have three rings, you're in the conversation of best ever. It's not like anybody can point at you and say, yeah, but he never did that. Well, three no, titles gotta, is I enough. I say now because that's not what he said. When he first landed in Miami, he wanted to win Not six, one, not two, two, not three. But the math yada, just yada. maybe doesn't work out, although no. Pat Riley's been pretty clever about doing that. I don't know how you part ways with – Dwayne Wade, I don't think that ever happens. Maybe Bosch, but Bosch is terrific. Obviously, now everybody's on the Chris Bosch train after his performance in Game 2. But I could see that there would be some appeal. Doesn't make a difference that it's L.A., but, you know, if you said, here's Carmelo, and people say, why would he want to defer to a guy who's a, a me guy, shoot first and uh, and pass second kind of guy? Well, that LeBron, that seems to suit exactly what he would want. He would want a guy who could carry the offensive load or at least uh, be that uh, 1A option for him. And then you try and win Bosh over. You say, Bosh, hey, let's move out to L.A. now or wherever else. And then the, in L.A., you also have that uh, first-round draft pick. That's the other thing you have. Now you get a Marcus Smart. Now you're cooking. Oh, hey, Pal Gasol, look at this all-star team we have. Remember, they, if they traded Kobe, the books would be bet, would be blank. You would even say we'll have Steve Nash for a little while if he works out. You could take a big guy. You could take Aaron Gordon out of Arizona. You could bring back Pal Gasol. All of a sudden, you have an all-star team there. A I team will, uh, that would be the prohibitive favorite to win it all. I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw a different, different wrinkle at you about that, though. Why not have LeBron come out to Los Angeles and maybe play down the hall. I love it, except what are you doing to make that so? How would you be able well, to, to afford him? How I'm sure you can find work? a way to, to, to work it out, but you got think about it. You've got potentially Steve Ballmer and his gobs of money coming in. What better Doesn't way to matter. Make, There's a cap. What better way to make a splash than to pay the luxury tax, get LeBron, win a championship, and then suddenly you are the hero. Not only are you the hero for Clipper Nation, but you have become the thorn in the side that Laker fan has never had. I love it. I think that's a fun idea. Yeah, listen, if they could make that so, oh. but what would they have to do? I, I wonder what they would have to give up to make that happen. Everybody else. It would just be a three-minute. It would be sort of like you the king. It would be like the, you know, the king in his court, the old softball uh, guy there. You just, he just, you know. If LeBron said, I'm leaving, I bet you Pat Riley would settle for DeAndre Jordan and, uh, you know, I don't know what other pieces. But anyway, all right. right. You know what? Black tie's right. Let's get back to football after, I say, since we're talking about things that happened in the Staples Center. Muzzle tub in advance to Adam Rank because his hockey team appears to be on its you way. You really are trying to jinx to a Stanley they're, Cup. They're in good trying shape. Trying to jinx them. You're trying to jinx them. As oh. we as we stand here today, there's still one more game to go. As I said before, the series started. Unless King Henrik stole the series, that they're they're completely overmatched. Are the Rangers? They just don't have the the talent to hang with that team. Um, but I love the brand of puck we've been seeing. 
you know, until at least uh, Monday night. The the puck has been sublime, and it almost feels like where has this been for two decades? It just the the dead puck era lasted and lasted, and then all of a sudden the the gates opened, and there were glorious chances at both ends of the ice for the Hawks and Kings, and now the Rangers and Kings, and it's been glorious. And may and we talk about copycat leagues? May the rest of the NHL mimic what we've seen over the last week or so in the NHL because that's get the, get what the can, best uh, goaltender in hockey. And then just put them back there and let your team. Play <laughs> I don't know what to what it's owed that all these chances on both ends, but it's been exciting to watch. The shame is I see that uh, the that the in L.A. it's only gotten like a six share, which is not good for a team. And if that's two cups in three years, and that's not enough to win over the masses of sports fans here, I you know I always say L.A. can't you can't move a hockey team out of L.A. You could move the Ducks out of Anaheim. And 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 you know move them up to Canada or Seattle, but man, it's it, it's a little bit of a. It feels a little bit like it just it ain't going to happen. You know, it's 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 going to be a fringe sport if it's not going to boom now. When's it ever going to boom? But what do you, I mean? To what end? I mean, is it you? Because I want it like, to be popular. I want it to be on you, TV. I don't want to have to struggle to find it on the on the dial like you do. Like it's a, you, a softball a, that's game. That's not an LA thing. That's a national thing. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, a South thing because they can't right. And it's on it's on a cable channel for everybody. It's not just on a cable station in Los Angeles. Yeah, I mean it's not I don't I don't feel that there's been a lack of enthusiasm in Southern California over the Kings. Well, here's the interesting thing about it, as we get back into football then, to connect the dots. Hockey and baseball both cite, hey, our attendance is great. What's there, what what do you mean we're not popular? Our attendance has never been greater. Yeah, but your T V deals mm-hmm. lag behind the NFL, and relatively speaking, where the NBA was 10 years ago versus now, the NBA is clearly the the rising star among pro sports leagues, and the NFL rules all, and baseball is sliding a bit. Hockey just can't break through, and it's funny because the NFL is concerned with getting more people in the seats because the product is so satisfying on a Sunday with all those games being played at essentially the same time to sit there with the NFL a ticket and just watch the games and watch your fantasy scores. Now the Jacksonville Jaguars have gone so far as to put swimming pools in the end zone and luxury. (laughs) I don't even know what, but it's it's craziness. I don't know how to feel about it. I don't know if I like it. Or I don't rank how say you. I love it. I was I was at the Cosmopolitan in Los Angeles or Los Angeles Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas earlier this year, and uh, I was out at their Marquee Day Club, just hanging out, cabana music, and I go, you know, it'd be great right here, a football stadium. <laughs> <laughs> like if I could watch football from here, it would be the most amazing thing. And I like it. I like that the Jaguars have gone out and been proactive about getting people into the seats. Putting something out there that, yeah, perhaps people want to do this because you have to improve the the experience. You know, there'll be a lot of traditionalists who are like, hey, it's about the game or whatever. It's not like that anymore. You go to any major league ballpark, you go to any professional sports venue, they all have sort all sorts of things going on. They have things for the kids. They've got bars. They've got party decks. But some of it goes too far. Like, for instance, NBA games, to me, are an annoyance in person because they play music during the game. Which now, I, I don't mean in between. Illegal. No, I always thought that was illegal, but right? everybody bum, bum, does bum, it bum, now. Bum, bum, like right in the middle of the head, they're playing. What are you doing? <laughs> you can't have music on over that. It's ridiculous. It's worse than I was going to try to make an analogy with being in a club where the music is bumping, but I 
have never been in a club. I've only seen that in movies. It's weird. <laughs> You've See? never been look in a at club the tricks, like that? Look at the tricks TV and movies play on my brain. I think that that's my experience, and instead I've only seen it on TV <laughs> and been annoyed by it sufficiently to know I never want to go to that myself. You've I never get been into, in a club? I like went ever? once. I went once about right when I moved to L.A., I went to that place, the uh, Sky Bar mm-hmm. on Sunset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure L.A. people know it, and it's kind of got a uh, – I, I, I don't know if it's still even around, is it? I don't, I don't know anything about those things. It seems like they're popular for two years, and then they well, go yeah, away or whatever. Yeah, that's uh, – I went cycle. there with uh, with my chum, uh, David Feeney. We went there on a Friday night, and it was we stood behind the re- velvet rope. But somehow he had an in is the only reason we could get in there. Otherwise, I mean, it's the stand in line is is outrageous. There are too many. Right. There are too many establishments in this town to stand in line for one. I won't do it. I got self respect. <laughs> so we get in, and it was crowded, and it was loud, and I just wasn't for me. And I remember the one thing was there's a room there's there mo- I think it's mostly outside but I what I recall is that there was an inside portion of it mm-hmm. and we went in there and it was completely empty but except for three huge bodyguards blocking near the doorway and you could go in there but no one wanted to be in there cuz these security guards were basically sequestering someone off way in the corner and it was Prince Ooh. Oh. By about like 30 or 40 feet, though. How much room does he need, Prince? He <laughs> He's a small man. Sitting in this table, and I think he was with one or two women, but oh, well, how much how much space do you need, fella, to, to work your magic here? I, I feel him. I, I can be a little claustrophobic in those places. I, I did once. I'll tell you this very quickly. I once went to, I, in the early days of uh, when I first moved out here again, there was a place called the Whiskey, not the Whiskey A Go Go, of course, mm-hmm. where the Doors played and all the mm-hmm. heavy metal bands play these days in L.A. But there's another place called the Whiskey, and it was more of a club off of Sunset. And I went there with uh, a couple of people, and again the velvet rope and the and the bouncer, not not muscle bound, rather the ponytailed guy with the black suit with the black shirt, black T-shirt underneath, mm-hmm. and the headset and the pretension and all that stuff. And uh, he wouldn't let us in because we were three guys, and. Um, Somehow that's more damaging to the ego. At least with the big muscly guy, you can say, well, no, right. he would have just physically kept me out. No, and it, yeah, it was double. And you're thinking, like, I, you're thinking, Marcus, I could take you, too, if I right. had to. if I had to, if it came down to To me, it. I think, like, yeah, you punk, and then I realize, oh, that guy could also beat me up. So then, <laughs> uh, I mean, you can really imagine the layers of, uh, of self-esteem that uh, took a shot that night for me. So... The guy, one of the guys that we were with somehow, somewhere, I don't know, this sounds weird, but the guy, he was the black guy on the first Survivor. Do you know who I'm talking Gervais. about? Gervais. Gervais. That's exactly wow, right. Wow, I'm impressed that you remember Somehow that. he was with us, this Gervais character, as was the good-looking girl. Jenna. Is that what her she was? She there was, was a couple there. of them, and Colleen. There was a couple the of them. I think it was Colleen. Colleen. The one Colleen. who ended up Colleen. in a movie Short with... Short uh, hair. Yeah, yes, yeah, she was in a movie. She was in a movie with the what's his name. So she was there. She was at this at this club, and Gervais and whoever one of the people was a producer for Survivor, the original uh, the Mark original Burnett. season. It was not Mark Burnett. Somebody underneath Burnett, I believe. Not Probst either. I so, don't know. You're so, dropping enough names. Here. Well, I'm about to drop. I'm about to drop the best one. So Gervais is allowed to get in. Gervais okay. goes in. Go, oh, you're from Survivor. Of course, he gets kissed in. So he's like, stay here. I'm gonna. I'll, I'll get you guys in. 
Three minutes later, and I'm belly aching. I, I'm out of here. I'm le- well. I'm not standing in line. I have self respect. I have no life. I have you know. <laughs> I have no ability to get in. But I'm walking. I'm going home and watching TV. And uh, just then, this is you know. By the way, this is ninety nine ish, about mm-hmm. two thousand maybe. Ben Affleck comes walking out with Gervais. And Ben Affleck goes, he goes, well, who, who are they to Gervais? Gervais goes, these three right here. Ben Affleck says something to the bouncer. The velvet rope comes up, and he goes, oh. you're, you're all in. Now, I had just started my first writing job in L.A. I was writing on a sports trivia show called uh, Sports Geniuses. And um, so I said to Affleck as we're walking, and I'm like, I know how this town works. Uh, you know, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. You ever want uh, a front row seat to see Sports Geniuses? <laughs> You just say the word, and it won't translate in audio. But this is, but but basically, I said that to Ben Affleck. He turned my way and did this, and turned back. <laughs> basically, expressionless. There's nothing to see. Just like straight. Even, just like I'm not even going to give you a little wait, bit what, of that. Yeah, kind of. What are you? And then <laughs> and then the, and then we were in there, and then that Colleen was in there, and I was talking to her. Mm-hmm. Having just met her, and you know, was a damashek, no, no stranger to you know the the, uh, the you know romance. No, there was no, no that she was not impressed with me either. I can, she yeah. was less impressed with me than the bouncer was. Um, but and I was kibitzing with her either way. Yeah, and Ben Affleck, <laughs> kibitzing with her, and some guy comes over, some mook comes up to Colleen and says, "Excuse me." Um, I'm sitting over there with Polly Shore, and Polly is uh, curious if you'd like to join us for a drink. <laughs> and then I was no longer the biggest creep in the joint that night. Polly Shore dispatches his lackey to go over and ask the survivor was, girl if she wants assume, a drink with him. I would assume the weasel is the biggest creep in any room he enters, <laughs> though, <on>. right? <laughs> was he weasel. just coming off of uh, son-in-law? Because he might have been, or you know, on his Biodome, maybe. Biodome. Bio <laughs> Don't try to make a case for that. All right, now. What so let's of, talk football now. So I don't know how we got you, into that. So Ben Affleck hates you. I don't know that we've ever. I'm I'm kind of bummed that I'm just finding this out five <laughs> years five years into our relationship as yeah. I finally realize Affleck because I thought he was the bomb in Phantoms, yo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get to football. Did we wrap up our hockey talk for Black Tie? We should never have even started it. Hey, but so. it's it's pretty rad though. Having a think, it's like once the that Lakers, was a good Hollywood now, thing, right? Now that the Lakers have gone downhill, it's like oh, the Kings have just taken over. You're like oh, perfect. I still get a parade in June potentially. <laughs> we Very should nice. do. We should do Letterman. That's one of his great bits from his early days. Was uh, brush with greatness, and uh, they they people would get up in the audience and tell stories mm-hmm. about actually running into a celebrity, but then the writers on the show would punch up the end of the story so that it became that's not something all, dramatic. It was, <laughs> yeah. But that's not all, Dave. And they would start reading off the index card what was scripted for them. We should do some variation on that. I, my, one of my highlights of not just my uh, professional career, but of my entire life, was when Irene from uh, Real World Seattle Mm-hmm. came up mm. to me. Remember her? She had, yes. she she had the Lyme, Lyme disease. disease. Yes. Oh, right. yeah. And she, she was the victim. Sl- she, got she got slapped, slapped by Steven. By Steven. Yes. Steven slapped her out. in the face. Right. Exactly. And oh. after she threw his stuffed animal in the water. Go back and watch it. It's the best she season outed of, him. of real <laughs> Wait, world she ever. she outed him, She too. did. Oh, that's yes, right. She, she outed him. That's right. So that all happened. And uh, Irene, about, I don't know, five years, eight years after the fact, I was in San Francisco. And she came up to me and said, are you Dave Damashek? And I said, yes. Yeah. She said, I love listening to you on the radio. And then. No way. That's wow. it. That's it. That's why I don't try to. I, you, 
people wonder around the NFL. Why doesn't Dave work hard? That's why. Because it's all downhill anyway. What am I doing? Plot of Irene. What else do you need? Irene from Seattle, uh, from Real World Seattle. <laughs> that's not where it ends. Knew who Dave. I was. Where else does it go? But that's, that's not all, Adam. <laughs> she started a Tumblr. I love Dave Dash. <laughs> <laughs> we had a brief betouried romance. And anyway, so all right, let's talk football. Oh, and by the way, black tie. I was remiss. We talked a little bit ago. I should have mentioned this before the show proper began. We caught up with one of the newest members of the Tennessee Titans, late of Michigan and also New York City. He was there at the draft with his family. I'm pretty sure he was up there in uh, Radio City Music Hall. Taylor Lewan is going to be joining us. And it's a crowded uh, front line they have now because they – um, they uh, bring back uh, they they bring down Michael Orr mm-hmm. from uh, from the Blind Side and uh, Baltimore Ravens fame, and they bring him down, and then they on in addition to that they sign Taylor Lewan, and now all of a sudden that deficient offensive line two years ago looks pretty good. So anyway, we'll kibitz with Taylor Lewan, get his uh, thoughts on the draft experience. All that Nashville, Tennessee, everything else. We'll uh, listen to that. Although we did have a crummy phone line so be on the lookout for that at the beginning of that in case there are any audio issues but let's not get bogged down with that let's jump in to the all afc south team here um marcus as i'm sure you've been listening we've been doing this we choose the players it's basically what we're talking about here is what guys do you want going into the season past deeds obviously are going to affect the way your brain regards these people but don't you know if somebody's a 15-year vet you probably don't want him if you have someone in in his prime at the position so anyway pretty easy to choose the quarterback here in this division the AFC South who do you got I'm going to start with you Marcus do you want Jake Locker do you want Blake Bortles do you want Chad Henney or the uh the Amish rifle uh I'm, I'm gonna go obviously as you mentioned Andrew Luck is Head and shoulders above everybody else in the division. I'm going to go with Jake Locker. One, oh. one because I am a Pac-12 homer, so we'll start there with the guy from the University of Washington. But well, wait, Andrew Luck went to Stanford. Well, we already said he's the number one guy, but after that, then I'm going to go with Jake Locker. Oh, we talking? Well, I didn't here? know if we did. I, I think you kind of jumped over that. We didn't actually say Andrew Luck. Oh, did so we not say? An- I, said, I, said he's head, I said he's head and shoulders above everybody else in the division. And then he said, "But I'm going to go with Jake Locker." Oh, I'm sorry. I. I'm taking Andrew Luck. I thought that was a given. If we would have been now, if I'm picking a backup, we are picking a backup. Can we also throw a backup in there. That's where I go with Jake Locker. Wait, I'm, I want to do we, a spit. Are take. we clear now? No, I want to do a spit. I don't know. I might go. I might. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Just, just pre- <laughs> what? <it is. laughs> now slice I, that up and make it sound like it had. No, <laughs> I like Blake Bortles. I keep. This is another one of the things I've been saying. I think Blake Bortles is going to be really good. Now, he does have the pressure, and it is real, of being drafted too high. There seems to be a pressure that comes along with being, you know, you can squeeze in. Imagine if Andy Dalton, as a for instance, if Andy Dalton were drafted fifth overall, boy, he'd have a stink on him at this point, you know. But now it's kind of like, well, he's kind of good, better than you thought he was going to be. Only now, after three playoff appearances and everything else, two, three, Three, 
playoff appearances, you now think, well, maybe he's not enough to get him over the hump. But he was a good story only because he was a second-round draft pick. So you understand that maybe Blake Bortles is going to have that pressure on his shoulders there. And I think he's actually going to win the gig, too. I don't think they ride with Chad Chad Henney all season long. Chad Henney will be out in the pool uh, in the end zone by midseason, no? Blaine Gabbert would have been. Yeah, Blaine. Where is Blaine Gabbard? San Francisco. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that'll be interesting which to see if they can which do something. Which is why Colin Kaepernick got dump trucked a whole bunch of money because, well, Blaine Gabbard was the other option there. Rank, <laughs> obviously. Do we need to discuss this, Andrew Luck? And if you want, I, I no. say Blake Bortles just for fun. Although I like Jake Locker a lot. I, I, yeah, I, I would just take Jake. I mean, as a backup quarterback, uh, imagine, a backup. imagine where he's going to end up if some if, if it doesn't work out for him in Tennessee. He lands somewhere as a backup. He's going to be a pretty attractive option if your starter gets hurt. Think or about like that. think about the Wiz though. Ken Wizenhunt, what he did when he went down to Arizona, he made this. I know that they only were eight and eight the year that they just about won that Super Bowl. Nine and seven. They were nine and seven. Mm-hmm. They're nine and seven that year. All right, I've taken back then. So they're nine and seven. Not a phenomenal year. But they caught fire, and they were a nice story there. They had a nice little run, and who knows if Kurt Warner, if things work out, the math or the years work out a little bit differently, so Kurt Warner's run could have lasted another season or two. Well, they won the division the following season. They went and they beat the Packers in the playoffs, Mm -hmm. and then they lost to the Saints in that Saints season when they had the... uh, That's the following season, right. So Ah. the Saints had the... There were some hits on Kurt Warner where, you know, their whole... Thing that the Saints went through. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm that, not stringing the seasons well, together. Everybody, properly, everybody thinks right. about them going after Brett Favre in the NFC Championship game, but it started in that game against the Cardinals. That's the fifty-five to or whatever. What was the final score? It was an insane score. It was like fifty. It was legitimately like fifty-seven, but fifty-one, or Cardinals, something like that. Right? Yeah, right. Cardinals and Packers played, and like Kurt Warner had. More touchdowns than incompletions, than incompletions in that game. In that game, and it went to overtime. And Rodgers threw the interception. Funny, Rodgers threw an interception to end a game. Aaron in the playoffs. No, 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 no. <laughs> not, not a garden variety. Final bad score pick. was fifty-one forty-five. Fifty-one forty-five. That was not a garden variety bad pick. That wasn't a Brett Favre, Peyton Manning, Tony Romo in the clutch bad pick. He got hit. Right I, see, Rodgers, I see the narrative being woven. He got right hit. Now. He got hit when he threw that ball. The narrative being woven. Ten years from now, when and he shrugged it off, and then won won the Super Bowl the next year. So it it wasn't like that. It was against it was against Ben Roethlisberger. So does it really count? (laughs) Ah, don't be a stinker. (laughs) So I wonder though, can the Wiz? pull at least a short-term turnaround with this talented Tennessee team. This is the, this is not a, a crummy team, and at least there are question marks about the Texans. We don't know what that defense is going to look like in Indy, and the Jags shouldn't be great. I mean, they might be relevant themselves. Rank even has hinted that they might be a playoff team. I could see the Titans being a, a decent team this year, though. They'll be but a, Jake Locker's the team. trick there. He's got he's to stay healthy, and I, look, I've got questions about Kindle Kindle Wright's ability to be a number one wide receiver. I mean, he's played well, um, but I don't know that he's a game-breaking, game-changing wideout. And for you know, whatever you can do on your offensive line and your running game, it's a league where you have to have a game-breaking receiver, I think, to be a successful team. And I don't know that the Titans have that just Don't yet. jive yourself, though. They have a nice receiving core they have a nice overall. Group I like, yeah, I like Justin Hunter a lot yeah. out of that group. Speaking of receivers. Oh, black tie. 
He oh, wants us to move along. All right, okay. let's talk about it. Andre Johnson, for however long he lasts, uh, Houston Texan, and I expect that he will be in uniform for them in 2014. He has to be there. Reggie Wayne, old guys. Wow, we got some old fellas here. And Reggie Wayne coming back from the knee. And T.Y. Hilton. He, mm, Marquise Lee I like a lot. DeAndre Hopkins. There's Allen Robinson. Cecil Shorts, Justin Blackman. I start with you, Rank. How say you? Who's who are your three receivers? I mean, I think we got to go Andre Johnson, Reggie Wayne. Is there? Any, I guess it's really a debate: T.Y. Hilton or somebody else. Yeah, and if you're going with a three receivers, three receiver set, and one of these guys is going to be in the slot, T.Y. Hilton is one of the perfect options right there to throw in there. I would go with him. You watch Marquise Lee have a big year this year. Yeah, though. but of course you're, you're talking about Marquise Lee. He could or could not have a great year, but he has not played a snap of NFL football. I'm not going to take him over a guy who has proven he can actually play on the NFL level. The other guy so who was who was quietly doing pretty well until he start, started getting hurt, uh, I think got hurt a couple times in the season, was DeAndre Hopkins, who out of Clemson, who they had high hopes for in Houston. And that's the guy that I like. I mean, I, I thought he put together some pretty respectable numbers. It was yeah. very quiet. But you look back at what he did, his totals were pretty nice. And I think another year under his belt, if he can stay healthy, um, I, I like DeAndre Hopkins as my third receiver here. Houston is, I believe, the fourth or fifth biggest market in America. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Television market, at least. I don't know about population size. It's a massive market. Jacksonville is bigger than you think it is. Mm-hmm. Florida is huge. I mean, football is huge in Florida, as we all know. And... You know, it's weird to me that this is, uh, you know, and then Tennessee is more SEC country. Maybe that's what ails it. Is it because of the SEC? But uh, either way, this is the division that has the teams that get the least attention nationally, right? The Colts are the only relevant team, really, over the last decade. I mean, I'm not to, not to say these teams haven't been good, but in terms of fan base, would you guess that this is the, if you counted up all the fans and you put them with each of one of 32 teams, this would have the lowest population of fans? Probably. I, I would think, I think in terms of their visibility, a lot of it is because these teams really haven't been particularly good. I mean, it's been a while since the Titans were particularly competitive. The Jaguars have been a, a punchline for the league for a while. Um, but that changes fast. It wasn't that far back ago that the Jags were pretty good. Yeah, David Garrard had them that in the one playoffs. year. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's six years ago now. But they had that with six Fred Taylor is, and MJD. Six years is a long time I guess in the so. NFL. <laughs> yeah, but in 2012, the Jaguars ranked 17th in attendance. I mean, it fell off a little bit last year because the team struggled so much. But they were drawing good crowds. Hmm. They were going to the playoffs. So it's not going to take too much for this team to, to, to be back to relevance again. I think it is that SEC thing. It must be. That's a pretty easy um, hypothesis to throw out there. All right, so we'll go with T.Y. Hilton. Tight end, although, you know, DeAndre Hopkins. I hear you, Marcus. I, you like, know? I like DeAndre I Hopkins. I could see he if, you know, you, they flip spots, who would be better? T.Y. Hilton. Would T.Y. Hilton be great in, uh, in Houston catching passes from Case Keenum, or would DeAndre Hopkins do better with uh, catching balls from uh, Andrew Luck? But my, my well, that's kind of unfair. It's Andrew Luck. Yeah, my my snap judgment on DeAndre Hopkins is that he's always hurt. Yeah. All right, we'll go with T.Y. Hilton for now. That Tight might, end. Might not be the case. Hold on. <laughs> Let me see. Let me see how many games he played. No, he played 16 games. Maybe I'm confusing with Andre Johnson. He just doesn't. DeAndre Hopkins was absolutely hurt for uh, and I felt like it wasn't even just once, but it may have maybe suited up in all 16 of them and just well, wasn't right for here, some of them. Yeah. Now tight end, Delaney Walker. You got Kobe Fleener. You got Dwayne Allen, who, talk about hurt, he was projected to be a, a really 
big weapon for Indianapolis, but he just hasn't been able to stay on the field. There's Mercedes Lewis at UCLA. Who are we going with there, Marcus? I am. I'm going to go Dwayne Allen. Um, and I'm going against my. I know I'm going against wow. my, my Pac-12 biases. Um, I guess I should say Pac-11 because as a loyal USC Trojan, there's kind of one school that I can't really get behind in the Utah? conference. Utah. That's it. Gotcha. Boo on the Utes. Uh, but I do like Dwayne Allen. I mean, even when before he got hurt, he was going to be a big part of the offense. You know, I know everybody this time of year says they're healthy and they're ready to go. But if he really is healthy and ready to go, I think he surpasses Kobe Fleener on that depth chart. And I think hmm. I think he's the best tight end. Certainly, talent talent wise, he's the best tight end in the division. That's a big call by you that Dwayne Allen will jump uh, Kobe Fleener rank. How say you? Yeah, Wasn't he did. ahead of Kobe Fleener? He was a little before bit he got before hurt. Kobe, yeah. Yeah, but Fleener's now sort of emerged as a guy that... Fleener was supposed to be, yeah, but then he sort of didn't I mean, have he was a great old, rookie he was season. He Luck's old college teammate. I yeah. figured he would have come in ahead of Allen, and that, it didn't work out that way. Not at all. Rank your vote? Go with Delaney Walker. Ah, so now we're... So Black Tie's going to have to break the, the tie here, because I go Kobe Fleener. Black Tie, I'll I'm say I'm bummed you. out that he didn't continue to wear number 46. Yeah, that's... I it. implored him. To stay with that number, but now he. I'm wondering when he bought some hands between San Francisco and Tennessee. Stop. I'm all for. Yeah, that's right. That was his. That his rep was always he couldn't catch. Couldn't catch the football. It's weird too that you know I like the numbers. I like receivers to be able to wear the teens, and in fact, I think they should be able to wear single digits too. But the CFL goes too far because they let their receivers wear seventies. Those aren't seventies. Now, now you've jumped too far here. Now you've made like Icarus Canada. Um, <laughs> black tie, break the tie. As you guys know, I am into tight ends. I, I like my tight ends. And Wait, you for, do? As I do. You know. I do. do we, the world when, knows. How did we know this? I spoke about this last podcast. Yeah, Rank wasn't in, though. Oh, yeah. Rank wasn't in. That's right. But either way, um, the guy that fits the mold, the, the, the tight ends in this division are not great, but the guy that fits the mold of what I want most of my tight end, a pass catching, speedy tight end, I have to go with Kobe Fleener. Delaney Walker is speedy, but he's about six foot tall. And Mercedes Lewis is a bit slow. Dwayne, same for he's Dwayne. He's giant. He is, but he's a bit slow. I need a guy who can, you know, take, you know, not take, obviously not take the top off, but at least, you know, keep the linebackers on their heels. So I got to go with Kobe Fleener there. All right. So I win. Correct. Thank you, Black Tie, for validating my opinion. Next up, running back, Bishop Sankey. Nice fella. Trent Richardson. Nope. Not Trent Richardson. Although I do like Trent Richardson have a better season this year. but I, How I could it be any worse? Well, there's that. Will he get cut if, I would imagine the answer is obviously yes, if he has another season like that? Will he, will the, it, there's a chance 2014 is the, is the end of his NFL career, right? Uh, maybe he'll get every opportunity though. I mean, after the the Colts gave up, like what, he, the first gonna get pick. every opportunity. They'll, 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 they'll turn the, the page fast. Did, did you just say the I know, but this is it's, a win now. This team this is, is, this, is a pretty good team. This could arguably be his last season. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well said, and then, arguably it'll be all of our last seasons. Right? And uh, there's Toby Gerhardt now. Toby Gerhardt is an intriguing guy. You know, I know Chris Wessling of Around the League fame is high on what Toby Gerhardt might be able to do. Arian Foster, though, I feel is the gold standard. I don't think we'll get much debate on that rank. Yeah, hard to go against Arian Foster, even though he's battled some injuries. If he's healthy, yeah, right. But, you know, Toby, it's interesting. i got to see him as a full full season as the number one running back. We could have a different 
uh, outcome come at the end of the season. It is weird, though, Trent Richardson. I know everybody I mean, that's now an eight-month-old thing, but really, what what gives now? I was expecting, I thought once the season was over, we would, all right, now it can come out, what really was up with Trent Richardson. And I don't feel satisfied with the explanations <laughs> and uh, and rumors and everything else. I don't feel like anything's really hit it, what exactly, why Trent Richardson just became a zero on a talented offense that he just was a, a complete non-factor. And in fact, it was almost, I mean, he couldn't, he couldn't run more than two yards. Every, if he, if they handed him the ball off, he was averaging, it seemed about uh, half a yard to carry. Anyway, well, Bucky Brooks explained that it, if you're having trouble picking up the offense, that's going to make you hesitant as a runner. Cause you're right. thinking too much <laughs> instead of being instinctive. But at some point you would have figured the Colts coaching staff would have said, all right, he's not picking it up here. Let's Trent, just simplify it. Run, stick your nose run in left. There, right. right. <laughs> run center, run right. Um, so, all right, so we'll go Arian Foster there. O-line, I say Tennessee. I said before it was a deficiency not that long ago when CJ2K was complaining about it, but they really have beefed it up over the last couple of years in the draft and otherwise. So unless you guys disagree, Houston's was its position of strength a couple of years ago, and it seems like it's faded just a little bit. It's not. Uh, it's not lousy, but I still will go with uh, with that Tennessee line over Tennessee over uh, Houston's. Well, Taylor Lewan's going to be on the show too. That's true, and it would be rude. To I like pick him. Someone else. He's one of my favorites. Yes, he was delightful, and uh, yes, his. You know, I met his mother and brother in the green room when he was out here to do some some network stuff before the draft, and and they were also delightful. They reminded me. I, actually, I, I and I, I also hit him with with a putter. At the draft, too. Oh, you did? We're out doing some. I had a putter for Jimmy Garoppolo, and I'm walking around, and, he, and so Taylor walked up. He goes, why do you have a putter? And I said, I'm like Terry Benedict from Ocean's 12, just cruising around with a putter. And he actually got the reference, and his brothers, too. So I kind of was reenacting the scene. I'm like, yeah, when he comes up to Casey Affleck and goes this, and then I, I hit him with it. And I'm like, I guess you're going to be drafted tomorrow. I probably shouldn't be damaging you. <laughs> it's close to the draft, but... Um, yeah, they, uh, like I say, we spoke with him just before the show, and uh, he seems delightful. So, all right, now on to the linebackers, and we will uh, we'll say Brian Cushing. What about Jadavian Clowney making this already? Paul Pelusny out of Penn State is uh, was a pro bowler last year. There's Robert Mathis. We don't know what his story is exactly um, moving forward. There's Gerald Hayes. What do we think here? I'm going to start with you, Marcus. All right. So now we're just uh, picking. Pick three. I'm going to go Cushing. I think I have to go Cushing, Puzlesny, and Mathis myself. I mean, I I think that Clowney will be fantastic, but I've seen already that they're moving him around in practice trying to figure out a good spot. They've even lined him up at, I think, nose tackle. Well, we're going to move these guys around because it depends 3-4, But you know that I I think if you assume Merciless is – you know, a hand in the dirt, you know, on the front side and J.J. Watt, then I think we can assume that the defensive line has got to be Houston's. So now I guess, again, yeah, we could go we could go with three guys, but we could just say that the front line. So Brian Cushing, Clowney as a OLB then is what you're saying, Marcus. Uh, well, I'm going I'm going Cushing, Puzzlesny, and Mathis myself. Chris, okay. I, I, yeah, I like what Clowney can do, but like Rank said earlier, he he still hasn't played an actual snap of NFL football. He hasn't played it too safe. Come on, guys. you got to throw in a little rookie in I'm there. I'm putting Clowney in there, yeah. I'm yeah. Clowney yeah, this, is one, this is one instance where I'm going to go ahead and put the first overall selection <laughs> in the draft. <laughs> Sorry if I'm waiting on Marquise Lee to show me something. 
All right, so we'll go Pulusny, yes, Clowney, and Mathis. No Cushing. No Cushing. Huh? All right. What? Wow. That doesn't hurt you, Marcus? I'm surprised. I mean, I am a little bit wounded. You don't want the yes. Trojan in there? All right. I, I am a little wounded by that. Corners, Vontae Davis. This is uh, not a very rich position. There's Brandon Harris. There's uh, Jonathan Joseph. Who else? Jason McCourty, right? He's probably the top corner in that division. And we're only going to take two here? Yeah, only two. It's a thin thin division at cornerback. I guess uh, McCourty and Vontae Davis. I'll say you rank. Yeah, you'll get no argument from me. I kind of like Jonathan Joseph, but not enough to really – Yeah, Werner's gone now. Yeah, now that Werner's out of the division, that that kind of opened things up. Um, All right, so we'll go McCourty and Davis, eh? I'm okay with that. And by the way, we appreciate it when you hit us up, hashtag DDFP, or you drop us a line about this. We've gone back and admitted, uh, like uh, uh, you know, like the late great Jerry Orr back at the end of Dirty Dancing, when when I'm wrong or when we're wrong, we say we're wrong. And uh, if you amend something, if you offer up a keen bit of analysis, we're willing to go back and change these all teams. And also, we have to print them all out. We have to give all the rosters when we're all done with all of this. People have requested that black totally. tie, so we got to do that. You can definitely throw in a third cornerback here. Okay, so yeah. then uh, Jonathan Joseph. Jonathan so Joseph. You want to go three <laughs> cornerback or fourth linebacker? It's up to you. Yeah, I, I like uh, the that, uh, that idea. Cushing belongs in there somewhere. More. Why are we going to try to jam a uh, another corner in there? Safety: Michael Griffin, Laron Landry, Bernie Pollard. Can you see the size of Laron Landry's arms? Can't he count for two people by himself? <laughs> Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we want to go Landry. Who? What, what do you think here, uh, Marcus? Uh, I'm going to Landry. Pollard is getting a little long in the tooth, so I think that makes him a tough call. All right, Landry and I guess Griffin. We must be missing somebody, right? That's it. That's the whole. That's the this whole schmear. It's not not too sexy. It's for, not not a very sexy division. No, it's not for for the secondary. It's not no. And then we're gonna go D line. Like I say, we'll go Houston, and then uh, the and then the head coach. This is a tough one. Can't be Bill O'Brien. We haven't seen him yet. Oh, you got to go Chuck Strong, right? Gus Bradley. I guess we should go Chuck Strong, but I feel like Bruce Arians is you know in the top based on what he's done the last couple of years um and then when he vacates a spot there you know when he leaves the Steelers they regress he, he takes the Colts in trying times Didn't they retire to retire him the Steelers retired Bruce Aarons yeah. which is one of the most uh, you know it is so loco that what what happened there that the Steelers in a place like that I mean they really run the city of Pittsburgh from a sports perspective you know obviously they're the penguins and pirates but you know the steelers are it and in a provincial place like that it's amazing the sway that they had or the like i say the hubris to announce like yeah bruce arians like yeah we're gonna we're gonna can you you're not our offensive coordinator anymore like yeah but i don't feel like uh that's i want to keep on uh being the offensive coordinator no 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 you're retired no no i'm gonna (laughs) but i could just leave and go elsewhere though no 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 Listen again. You're retired, Arians. That's it. <laughs> Bizarre. <laughs> Bizarre deed. How did that go down? Anyway, he's thriving in Arizona now. So I wonder. Uh, but all that said, all right, we got Or the Wiz. What do you think? Or Gus, uh, Gus Bradley is building things. I think that's going to work out down there in Jacksonville in large part because of him. Or the Wiz. Rank, how say you? I'm going to go with Gus Bradley. Oh. I like what he's doing down there in Jacksonville. I Jacksonville, do too. Jacksonville just seems fun. 
just seems like a, a team that's in current. Well, in, when he wants to go in, in the pool, yeah, you're right. They, He's got they, a lot of that Pete Carroll thing. He came they, out of Seattle, so it's not a coincidence. They got that stuff gone. They got pools. They got new uniforms, and all of it's working for me. And oh, I love their fans. Don't say the uniforms. The uniforms are great. Don't those include those that helmets are a, awful. No, do not include the sweet. uniforms as a virtue. Sweet. What's sweet about those? Those look cool. Those no, helmets, those helmets are pretty awful. They do not look cool. They're they're not good. I'm going to say Chuck Pagano. Marcus? I'm I'm going Chuck Strong, but overall, I, I kind of like the coaches in the division. They, you know, mm-hmm. We've seen what Wiz can do. Gus Bradley, I agree, is, is a, a fun guy. I think he's doing good things in Jacksonville. I, I am optimistic about what Bill O'Brien can do, but I, I still would go Pagano. All right, so we'll get to Taylor Lewan now, talking about Wiz and Hunt and everything else. We'll get to him in a second. But, uh, but one thing I asked him, and I wanted to ask you guys, and I asked Twitter this last week, and something I think, Rank, you and I debated a couple of years ago already. Mm-hmm. Real quick, Canada or Mexico? You have to say goodbye to one of the two and everything good and bad with it. You don't get the food anymore from there. You don't get the beer, the women, the weather. All of it has to go, and you can only enjoy one of our two neighbors. Before you jump into this, you do recall we've done this on a podcast before, right? Uh, but it was two years ago, and I yeah, was so and I brought it, it up again. No. I tweeted it out, and I will tell you that the overwhelming response from the Czech Republic who hit me back, Mexico is the winner. People want to keep Mexico and say goodbye to Canada. Yes. Of course, I love, I love hockey, and I love Moosehead and Labatt and uh, Molson. So I don't want to say goodbye to those things. Poutine. I feel is like the nice. only thing I would really I like truly snow miss. and beautiful mountains like okay. the Rockies. How about there? this? We have that. I got, I got, how about this? We keep Mexico. Mm-hmm. We keep Canada. We give up Boston. Oh, option C. See, I'm trying to figure out some way to, that we could still <laughs> hold on to Michael J. Fox. But, you know, Canada can. Yeah. Can famous, but we can hold what on to Michael J. Fox. What about the comedians? What about the entertainers? Oh. Who has better entertainers? I mean, Canada easily, right? What what no. what entertainers do we enjoy from Mexico? Uh Fernando Valenzuela, does he count? Yeah, he's one of our entertainers. There you go. Or was, and what about uh isn't the guy who was married? Really? Bieber's from Canada. You want to keep him? Well, I mean like you I said, you got to take the good and the bad. <laughs> you get rid of him. <laughs> I'm telling you the Boston's the way to go. Mario Lemieux though? Yeah, I like the Boston. Nachos over poutine any day for me. Yeah, true. But again, now again, all those things don't only count for one. Like, if poutine is worth one, hockey's worth like twenty. You see, yeah, nachos are worth. If hockey's worth twenty, uh, good nachos are worth like twenty-one. No, they're worth like fifteen. You see, they're not all equal. You can't eat quesadillas anymore. Can't eat tacos anymore. That would be a big loss for my life. I would be very sad about it. But I would rather have hockey. And not tacos than the other way around. Yeah. Black tie your vote. I would have to go. See, Mexico is where the shout out originated from, so that's mm. that holds that's dear in my heart. Um, I don't love Canadian bacon, so I don't really. It's ham, much for that. basically. It is, yeah, but it, it tastes good. I don't. They can call pull. it that. I I hear you on the name thing, but, I am but a it does big, taste good. I'm a big uh, Drake fan, so I. Oh yeah, there you go. Canada How about that? Beautiful Mexico. Toronto, arguably North America's loveliest city's most uh, international city, and its most entertaining mayor. Uh, 
That's exactly <laughs> right. You're making a case for Canada. Rank, you're going Boston. If you, ha- I love out. the Boston idea. I love the Boston idea. But you have to choose Mexico yeah. or Canada. I'm, you- I'm saying Boston. I'm writing it in. <laughs> and Marcus G is saying, um, I'm keeping Mexico. Mexico. All yeah. right. See, we remain conflicted. Fortunately. At least at the time of this recording, we are not going to be required to say goodbye to either one. So don't worry about it. Whichever way you come down, you don't. Ha- it's not going to happen anytime soon that I'm aware of, at least. So, all right. I asked this question to the Taylor, Taylor Lewan. He had a delightful answer, so stay tuned for that one. Plus, we'll talk all things Tennessee Titans. Here he is, everybody, the first-round draft pick of those Titans, Taylor Lewan. All right. I was struck very much by this guy. Of course, I'm a, a Big Ten guy, Indiana University, so I don't watch a whole lot of uh, of uh, Indiana University football, or at least watch it with any optimism. But this guy was dominant during his time in the more successful college program. Out of Ann Arbor now, he is a member of the Tennessee Titans after getting drafted in the first round by them just a few weeks ago. Taylor Lewan, what's happening, man? Just having a dream one day at a time. Happy to be here. Well, congratulations to you, first of all, on uh, on going to the Titans. What's it like in uh, in Nashville, Tennessee, for a guy who spent time in Scottsdale and then Ann Arbor, Michigan? Uh, it's, it's, unreal. it's unbelievable. We have the uh, CMT here right now, festival. It's, uh, this place is just so lively and awesome that I couldn't imagine that. People really do rave about uh, how great Nashville is. Are you a country music fan? Are you you, you like the food down there so far? Do you feel like it's going to be a good place to live for the next uh, handful of years, at least? Absolutely, I, I, I love it. When I was uh, you know going on recruiting visits and all that, as far as you know, this is recruiting, I guess. And, you know, I went to Nashville and I was like, oh man, Nashville's the best. I haven't heard one bad thing about the place, and since I've been here. Yeah, it's it's been amazing. It's been also all so nice, and that's why the country fan. I love country music. Well, uh, like I say, I was uh, uh, the first thing that really uh, made me interested in where you got drafted. Um, was you were out at the NFL Network a couple or a few months ago, and I went into the green room, and your mom and brother were there. And I was talking to them, and I said, because I, I, you had just shown up on one of the uh, programs here, and I said, boy, your uh, your kid really is uh, is a pretty fun guy. He seems like a, a charismatic guy. Your mother couldn't have been prouder of the way you comported yourself on television, never mind that you played left tackle for uh, for the Wolverines of Michigan and, and were about to be a first-round draft pick. That was great fun to to look at her through, uh, look at you through your mom's eyes. Yeah, it was it's awesome. It was great to bring her out. Uh, she gets to go on a lot of trips. Like that. So to be able to bring her out, my brother, and have an experience kind of elevate so be that um, works. Everything about the Italian was great. They treated me first class. Uh, I'd be happy to go back anytime. So put put a good word in for me. Um, yeah, they were uh, they were nice people and uh, busting with uh, joy the day, like I say, that uh, I saw you. So then you're in New York City. What was that experience like? Who'd you have at your table? I think I saw. Did you uh, did you have the the table all filled up with family there in uh, in Radio City? Yeah, I had my uh, my niece, I had my father, my mother, and my brother, who's Bryce. We call him Bruce. Mm-hmm. And then I have my my two best friends there that have, you know they've been there for me for the longest time. I can't. I don't remember what you did to be honest with you. When your name was called, who did you hug or kiss or handshake first? I kind of went in a lot. I think mom was first. We kind of talked about it before, right? You got to have some game plans. So mom, and then down the line, my dad and my two buddies were last. So 
Uh, it, it, like I said, it was unbelievable. Such a great experience. The whole process leading up to the draft was awesome. Do you, when you're sitting there, and by the way, kudos to you, these guys, some people shake or hug their agent first. Where'd, I, where'd this Johnny come lately come from? You're, she, he wasn't there changing your diapers. Your mom was. She deserves the hug first. Yeah, but I did hug my agent. I had the best agent in the world in Tom Collins today. All right, all right. So, see, but you did the right thing, and you went to your mom first. That's what. Uh, yeah. That's what counts. So, was that day sort of? I mean, it seemed like a, uh, an almost certainty that it was going to be a first, or that you were going to go in the, on the first day there. But did you have a sense? Because it does seem from the outside looking in that Tennessee, in terms of need uh, tackle, wasn't a, what was wasn't where they needed to go there. Were you surprised to hear your name, or did you have a sense in advance in the days leading up to that that the Titans were really interested in you? The, the crazy thing about the draft is you never know until you know. It's, it's one of those things where you know no team, but the team with the first pick knows it's going to happen first. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the way it played out, I had a you know I came here, had a great sit down with the with the head coach and the GM, and it was just. It felt right at the time, and then, you know, getting passed out by those two other tackles, which, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder about absolutely they're great guys at the same time. No one wants to be second or third best. Hmm. And uh, when that call came, I, I like I said, I couldn't have been happier. Um, so now you're getting ready. What's it like the first few days now getting out? At, what, what have you noticed going from big time, Big Ten football into the uh, up to the next level? What's What's been your early reaction to the guys out there with you? I mean, first of all, they're all great guys. I mean, the locker room feel is awesome, but uh, the way they play. I mean, we don't have pads on right now, but you know, they play like professionals. You know, going they don't go through the motions. It's a hundred. It's full speed, but everyone's looking out for each other. As far as injuries and stuff like that, no one wants to get hurt. No one wants to get somebody hurt. So you can really tell everyone's looking out for each other at the same time. You know, playing hard, playing fast, and everyone's doing their job. What have you? What's your uh, immediate reaction to the different jerseys you might wear? What's your favorite? Do you like the navy? Do you like the powder blue? Because I say get rid of that. Uh, the powder blue is no good. Uh, you know, it really doesn't matter. You know, it's a jersey I'm wearing at the end of the day. I'm just happy to be wearing a jersey in the NFL and uh, hopefully go from filling up a roster spot to actually playing someday. Don't you be humble with me. I Listen, you wore one of the coolest uniforms in all of football in Mich- <laughs> at Michigan. This does matter. The powder blue is okay, but then you can't wear the navy pants with it. Please pass that along to the decision makers. I'll, I'll, I'll let them know, but as of right now, I don't know how much pull I have around here. I am a rookie. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Um, so you go from uh, so so you like I say you go from the Big Ten. Now you're in a division that's uh, that's pretty interesting. And Coach Wisenhunt now in his first uh, go round with the Titans. What's your sense of that? Because we've been going through by division naming the all division teams now, and I think it would be hard to argue against Andrew Luck um, being the quarterback there. But are the Titans? Do you feel is there a buzz there that very quietly? that this is a team that uh, can make a little playoff push in, in 2014 immediately? Uh, you know, Coach, Coach Wolf came in here and he, you know, he said in our first team meeting at OTA, he said, you know, we're on the radar. And he'd rather it be that way. And mm-hmm. you don't want to be in the spotlight in the preseason. Who, who wants that? So at the end of the day, the only thing that matters is what happens during the like if you make it to the playoffs and, those, and all that. So, you know, as far as not being you know, in the spotlight, this team not being in the spotlight, that's fine. I mean, we had a great group of fans here. We had great players here. And the way we're practicing right now, we can be successful uh, come November, December. Yeah, have you and Wiz uh, talked about the fact that, uh, you know, you both have some Arizona ties? Did you ever cross paths with him when you were playing in high school and he was coaching the cards? 
No, we never we never crossed paths. We, we didn't really talk about it too much. My focus right here has been, you know, playing off the line and getting the feel of everything. So we haven't really had a sit down talk by any means. Do you have any ability? I talk about this all the time. I, I, I do the top 100 show and try and evaluate who deserves to be on there. And when offensive linemen show up on there, I always make the case because I've talked to a lot of pro football guys who aren't uh-huh. on the inside, who aren't playing on the line there, receivers and DBs. I say, really, can you evaluate who's a good offensive lineman? They all say, you know, don't tell my coaches this, but no, I don't know who I don't know who's a good offensive lineman. Do you have a sense when you're watching, when you watch TV, for instance, when when you're at Michigan after a game on Sundays, when you're watching, do you say, man, oh, man, blank is sure a, a dominant right guard? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's crazy because when you start to play football at a high level, uh, even at, at the end of the day, you're playing high school, and you always catch yourself. I used to watch football games like there were football games were supposed to be watched, right? You watch the quarterback, who's you hand it off to, who's you throw it to, and then as soon as you start playing a specific position at a higher level, you end up catching yourself just watching the offensive lineman. For, mm-hmm. for me, watching the left tackle. And, uh, you know, there'll be big plays that happen during a game, and I'll be like, oh, man, that left out that beat right there. What did he do wrong? It's, it's kind of crazy how your whole mindset changes. And also then who, if you've been sitting back and looking at that over the last few years, whose work do you admire on the offensive line? Oh, I, I got to go with a Michigan guy, Jake Long. He's, he's a great player. He's been had some injuries here and there, but a uh, guy's a true stud, absolutely. Um, and uh, and lastly, I'm just intrigued by the fact that you're an Arizona guy. Why did you go all the way up to Ann Arbor? Any thoughts to being a Sun Devil or a Wildcat or a Trojan or Bruin? Well, I didn't get offered by uh, the Trojans, but thank you for bringing up some bad Oh, <laughs> I love it. Look at what you did. You went on to, to Michigan and you showed them uh, what for. This is what the NFL can now expect from Taylor Lewan since he was slighted and went third among the uh, the left tackles, right? I guess so. I was a huge recruiter guy at high school. Uh, I had the opportunity to have Craig Rowe, a guy who's on the private squad for the Panthers now, who was, you know, in high school, was number 16 in the country. All the schools were coming to look at him, and I kind of take full advantage of that, moving to off the line and, you know, kind of riding the coattails for a little bit and uh, hoping to get my opportunity to go to college. Uh, as far as going to Michigan, it's, you know, four seasons. I'm 17 years old. You kind of you want to go to uh, – you, you want to see the four seasons. You want to kind of move away and kind of start that networking process. And the school is great. The education is great. But at the end of the day, you know, a 17-year-old making choices like that, it was kind of, you know, a big thing was I want to see snow, right? So it, it, was, <laughs> it was a great opportunity. It was awesome. Uh, you know, I'm a go-blue guy forever. Do you, uh, you ever get the out, down to Bloomington, Indiana? What's your favorite uh, Big Ten town? <laughs> I, I, I haven't down to Indiana except for traveling to games. It's, it seems like a cool town, I guess. Yeah, it's pretty. Listen, it's a lovely place. I enjoyed Ann Arbor quite a bit, and uh, yeah, I, I, I dig it uh, down there. Last question, just because it's something we've been talking about, and I'm going to involve you in it now, Taylor. If we had to get rid of, if you could not get rid of, but if you had to say goodbye to either Canada or Mexico, and it and they and and all the good and bad that comes with it. Canada has those good beers like Labatt's and you know Moosehead uh-huh. and all those. Mexico, you know quesadillas nachos you, you know the, the music the weather all those things you can only enjoy one place and nothing from the other place ever again which one are you getting rid of i'm getting rid of canada oh. I mean, I'm, I'm from arizona yeah so, like the mexican food all that territory that comes with it, it's delicious also you know what at the end of the day you can get rid of both because uh, i live in america <laughs> all right this is the best country there is i'm not leaving this is the best usa oh like, i'm saying <laughs> 
<laughs> they're going to love you in in Nashville with that attitude. I'm sure that <laughs> loving the uh, waving the the uh, red, white, and blue flag there. Um, all right, listen, Taylor Lewan, I find you delightful, and uh, as I like, just like I say. Uh, I found your uh, your family that I met when you guys were out here at the network uh, delightful as well. So all the best to you, best health to you in your rookie season. Enjoy it. Best to Coach Wiz and uh, and go get them this year, man. Thanks very much. All right, but not Michigan though. Go not them. Don't go them. Indiana Hoosiers uh, all the way in the Big Ten this year. That's great. I, uh, we can all live hopeless dreams if we want to. But go blue. <laughs> and uh, it was a pleasure talking to you. All right, all the best. Taylor Lewan zinging me on the way out. I don't care for that, but otherwise a delightful guy. USA indeed. See, he's speaking our language. You like that rank? I'm very proud of he's him. He's an American. This is why he's one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Right there. Now you see. Just in time for Independence Day. That's right. Wow. I mean, I guess it's still a couple weeks, right? Yeah, but Whatever. listen, there's, it, it never goes out of style. You know, it never goes out of style being pro-America. That's, Marcus you know what? That, that kind of bums me out, though, during the uh, NHL playoffs. They should still sing Oh Canada because there are so many Canadian players on the ice. I find it... You can't spare two minutes to sing one of the greatest national anthems. But then don't you have to start singing, like, the Ukrainian anthem? And, it like, does open up a can other... of worms. It does not because the league also has Canadian teams. Ah, that's right. That's the loophole. That's exactly right. I'm with rank on this. I love O Canada. I'm cool with that. When I was 18 and uh, a, a couple weeks into uh, to my stay in Bloomington, Indiana, as a student at Indiana University, I was a hockey fan as I continue to be in indiana there aren't a lot of hockey fans of course and uh i was talking puck and somehow O canada came up the song O canada i said oh that's the best uh national anthem that's my favorite national anthem of them mm-hmm. all and they said why would you know what canada even sounds like i said because i watch hockey i've begun thousands of <laughs> hockey games in my life and they said oh really can you sing and i said i know all the words to O canada and they said all right i'll give you 20 bucks if you do it and stand up on the table in here in the com- whatever you call it the commissary or the easiest food. 20 bucks you ever made i stood i but you know what the price Got driven up a little bit. I think I walked out of there with sixty bucks. And among my Is sixty bucks, American peers. or Canadian though? You know what? It should have been Canadian, but I jumped up on the table and I belted it out for the for the uh, lunchroom there I in Indiana University. Whenever the Blue Jays come to town, I go to every game just I to go sing to Canada. Canada. <laughs> the best one is Google this one. Do yourselves a favor. Google Ottawa Senators uh, O Canada. The guy who does it is in the Mounties or whatever. I forget. He has the outfit on when he wears it. He's an older guy, big fella, who comes out and he does the part. He does it half English, half French. Wow. And he's got the baritone voice. It's, it's the most glorious. Uh, o Canada you'll ever hear. I encourage you, Nate Demand, you go uh, check that one out. Also, if you're a soccer fan, go back and listen to the World Cup preview with Black Tie and the Gold Standard. People seem to enjoy that one quite a bit. Speaking of World Cup, in the coming days, be on the lookout on NFL.com. We have tried to figure out if, just like in soccer, everybody aff- abandons their club affiliations to return to their homeland, what if all the NFL players did the same thing? What if they all went back to their hometowns or where they went to high school and the teams were reconfigured in that way? We took a look at that World Cup style, so that's going to be out there and see what those rosters would look like, who would have the best teams. I think you'll be surprised. Some people will be very excited about the way things panned out. Some people will be disappointed. 
Pittsburgh is not as good as it used to be. Apparently. I, I like LA and Miami's chances. Wow, and you can figure the Texas schools are going to be good there. A couple surprises along the way. Like I say, be on the lookout for that one. Top 100 show on Wednesday night, of course, with uh, with the top 140, uh, f- what is it, 50 down to 41. And then the reaction show, I'll be on that one at uh, 10 o'clock Eastern time on Wednesday night. Marcus, you've got a, uh, and Rank, too, you guys got a fantasy show coming up next week, right? June 19th. Check it out. June 19th, talking fantasy. Blake Bortles is a good guy to stash at the back end of your roster. You can also find me at a taco truck near you. Cause, oh, yeah. Because you, you know, chose I'm, Mexico. I'm, exactly. Yeah. Oh, Canada? No. <laughs> Marcus Grant uh, definitively said no Canada. Whoa. And Rank, what uh, you got anything else coming up to take a look at? Oh, your uh, Richard Sherman visit with oh, yeah. uh, Madden stuff. That's Hanging a video. Out with Richard Sherman where he said that Patrick Peterson wasn't the top five cornerback, wasn't one of the top five cornerbacks in the league. Is that right? Here's what happened. Awesome. I mean, is that is that making see, news? I haven't heard that making story. news anywhere. That's a great – if he said that, that's uh, – No, this is what happened. So Rank goes in an interview and I'm like, hey – Ask him this because I know he's not he's not going to say Patrick Peterson. Like if Madden came to you, EA Sports came to you and asked you to rank the top cornerbacks, who would be two through five? And then he reels off Rivas, right? Uh, Joe Hayden, Brent okay. Grimes, leaves up Patrick Peterson. I'm naturally waiting for Rank to ask the follow up question of like, hey, where's Patrick? Rank doesn't do it. Rank sees Sherman. He doesn't want doesn't want any parts of that, and just moves on to the next question. I'm like, dude, you got to ask. I'm the looking. Follow-up. I'm looking at the EA PR people and the nervous looks on their faces, and I'm like, all right, let's just go on. <laughs> <laughs> but just to make it clear, so he his response was so Darrell Revis is number two, right? Hayden well, no, he is went three. Rank them. I'm like, wait, okay, who's so Revis and you said Grimes and Hayden. So there's one more. There's got to and be Hayden, one more. that's four, including Sherman, who wouldn't wonder. That's who, that's, that's, so he that's, named three that's, other yep. guys. He named three other guys, yep. And left Patrick Is there, Peterson who am I off. forgetting? Is there somebody else? I'm surprised he didn't Werner, name like, one of his teammates know, or something, you know? Tlaib, right, right, right. Yeah, Tlaib, somebody like that. Mm-hmm. I would think he would just name one of the other Legion of Boom members. Uh, but where we started was, that's pretty cool of... Uh, of Richard Sherman to say, I want all of it. And he started a petition right. online and everything else. That's pretty cool. Speaking to of Madden, and, Rank again. Rank and I will be heading out to E3, which is uh, downtown Los Angeles this week, and we'll be getting some more behind-the-scenes looks at the game. I went to that a couple of times. I've been to that E3 to do some bits uh, on the Kimmel show, and it's crazy there. It's, the, it, it's loco... Um, uh, what's it called over uh, sensory overload? It's mm. just it's it's too much for me for my old brain. I don't know what I don't understand any of it, but it does look kind of neat. So have a grand time down there. Sweet, yeah, I'll be there all day on Wednesday, and then because of uh, obligations, and of course it's right next to the Staples Center, so I might as well just stick around LA Live and watch Game Four. Good place to be to see if uh, if them Kings can bring it home. Um, all right, so that's that for this uh, for this episode. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later in the week. In the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. 